Thank you for joining us for live paranormal radio. From the paranormal to the unexplained, it all happens here. It all happens here. Looking to enhance your radio experience? Participate in our live video chat 24-7 with our live paranormal radio show hosts and other like-minded people. Live. Paranormal.com, the only interactive social chat room supported by Full Interaction Media. Stop by now and join the fun. Stop by now and join the fun. It's Haunted Playground on the live Paranormal Radio Network and iHeartRadio.com, plus more of our affiliate Google Podcasts, iTunes, Stitcher, Podbean, Podomatic, Blog Talk Radio, Player FM. There are more. iVox. There are more. I just learned that one. Uh, I'm your host, Sheena Metal. I'm a psychic medium. I'm an interfaith minister. I'm a 28-year talk radio host in Los Angeles and beyond. I'm a creative and performing artist, and I come to you live from my home in Southern California every Wednesday at 3 o'clock Pacific time. This show is about everything that lives beyond the the confines of the three-dimensional world. So whether you want to know, is there a God? Is there life after death? Um, have, did I actually see a UFO? Or is there a Loch Ness monster in my above-ground swimming pool? It all belongs here on Haunted Playground. And every week I gather the folks that I believe to be the brightest and most beautiful minds and hearts and souls in both the paranormal and spiritual community. And we talk about everything that lays beyond the beyond. Um, and what have you experienced and how has it changed you? Uh, like I like to say, are you haunted? Which is how I refer to what happens to you after you've had any kind of a spiritual, paranormal, psychic, or ufology experience. You are forever different. You're a little touched. And I like to call it being haunted. Uh, my guest today is making his debut on any of my shows. Um, he's a wonderfully talented paranormal investigator, researcher, television personality, radio host, author, uh, more and more and more. He's amazing, and I'm so excited to have him here. We recently were both part of the wonderful Parapod Festival's first year in Santa Clarita. So honored to be speaking at that and be a part of that, as was he uh, please welcome to the show, the wonderful Stefan Brigatti is here. It's so fantastic to have you here, my friend. It's good to hear your voice, and welcome. Hello there. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you? I am awesome. Thanks for having me on the show. Hope you guys can hear me okay. Hey, great, and it's a pleasure to have you here. You've got fantastic energy. You're going to fit right in. Awesome. I'm ready to go. So, so tell me a little bit about, you know, oftentimes when I have people on the show, I ask, like, you know, how did you get into this? And I think that probably everybody's told that story a million times. Lately, I've been asking, why are you still in it? Like, what still gets you excited about being part of the paranormal community? Well, that one's an easy one. You know, I, I have psychic abilities. You know, I don't go around calling myself a psychic, so to speak. You know, I'm not trying to sit there and do uh, readings all the time and so on, but I grew up seeing spirits, talking to spirits the whole nine yards. I never thought it was anything strange, you know, being a kid. I just thought it was part of whatever because they didn't look 
you know, like they didn't look like shadow people. They didn't look like clouds or mist. They looked like solid people just like you and me. And I never thought that it was strange to see Indians coming from our garage up the stairs uh, acknowledging me and then walking up to my sister's room. I just thought it was like, hey, whatever's going on is going on. Cool. Uh, until I got older, you know, and then I, I had a, a weird experience and I realized that not everything was Casper the Friendly Ghost, you know. Yes. Um, if only. Yes. And fortunately for me, you know, I, I had a mom who was very into the spiritual movement. She had a lot of psychic friends and um, things they were doing in the 70s when I was really ramping up. Um, and they kind of guided me and stuff and said, oh, yeah, we, we're doing this and doing that. And they would ask me questions, and they would try to identify what's going on with me. And it was pretty cool. So, you know, I kind of went that direction, and I found it fascinating the older, the older I got, you know, so many different things going on, and I want to know more. So I started looking into the research and studying a little bit, a little more reference books. And that led me into my journey for the quest, uh, a spiritual quest to find the answers to spirits and why they're still here, what's going on. And it's, it's just been a, an incredible long journey. And what's interesting about um, the term the unknown is it's truly we, we don't really know. Because every time we come across an answer that we're looking for, we come up with two more questions. So it just it just goes on and on and on, and that's why I got into the investigative side. I started doing it myself with old school equipment, you know, the big cassette players. You have to push two buttons down to record in the cassette, and you had a uh, a strap to put around your neck to hold this big massive thing. And I'm out there, and I'm trying to talk to people in cemeteries. It's just kind of how it started, you know. Think. Thank God there's so much new equipment that makes it so much easier for us. I love that. But but aren't you thankful? Because I, too, grew up with, a first of all, a mother who wanted me to ask questions about everything. So nothing was off limits to ask questions about. And who I discovered when she came out as a psychic when I was in college was also a psychic medium and was very interested in learning everything she could learn about the paranormal, that nothing was sort of off limits, right? I think we got a head start on kids that, came from very religious backgrounds, right? And, and they weren't allowed to ever ask those questions until they were out of the house. Yeah, that's kind of the, kind of the same thing, you know. It, it runs in my family. Apparently my mom, uh, my grandma, very intuitive. Uh, they right. tell me about her, and they said that she was born with a, a veil over her face. I never understood what that meant. She had this piece of skin that covered her face and they had it cut off and kind of peel off her when she was born. It's supposed to be a sure, veil. Yeah. It's supposed to be some special thing. I'm like, oh, that's interesting. You know, but they didn't really talk about it much. I was the one that became uh, obsessive about it when I got older because I wanted to search for it. And then who doesn't love going to a haunted location, you know? I, I feel comfortable being in a haunted location at all times. If I go to a hotel I try to find the hotel that has the haunted rooms because I feel at home in that environment. I don't know if it's the energy or what, but I just feel more relaxed being around spirit. Right. Yeah. I, I grew up in a haunted house that was not pleasant to live in. It was like a conjuring house. But still, um, so like I saw spirits too, but I thought everybody could. I just thought 
if you lived in a haunted house, you saw the spirits. It never occurred to me that anybody living in a haunted house was any different than I was. Um, but yeah, so I, I grew up with it. And I think for me, beginning to be paranormal research and paranormal investigation was therapy to see if what happened in that house was a thing or just a thing that happened to me. And one of my favorite parts about working in this community, and I have a feeling it's one of yours too, is to be able to help people who are having an experience maybe for the first time and do think maybe something is wrong with them. They need to go see a psychologist or they need to go be admitted to a mental hospital. They don't understand it is a thing. And sometimes just learning you're not the only one is makes it so much better, right, to learn that other people have gone through the same thing. Oh, absolutely, because it's weird when you you go through it, it's normal in your life, and all of a sudden you start realizing that other people aren't doing that, and you're like, wait a minute, what's wrong with me? Why am I seeing so many spirits, you know? Like, even today, sometimes sometimes it gets so intense that I'm seeing so much paranormal stuff happening around me, and I'm getting, you know, I'm experiencing so many spirits, and I start wondering, am I dying? Am I getting close to the veil here? Is that why there's so many coming at me? But I think, you know, right. it's, it's all about when you have the light and, you know, I'm, I've been warned by the psychics, so like you're shining pretty bright right now, you know, you want to be careful. And I'm like, okay, yeah. because you put that spotlight out there and they, they migrate to the spotlight. They want to say, go, oh, what's yeah. that? Okay, well, oh, it's some guy. Cool. You know, um, but I always thought, you know, when it gets real intense that uh, I thought I was something that was wrong with me, but then I realized, oh, no, I'm just putting my feelers out a bit much and they're all, they're all coming my way because I'm a cool guy. I think so. You know, I'm fun to investigate with. I'm out there and I get compliments all the time when I'm doing uh, the TV shows and they're showing me investigating that I have a certain attitude that go in there and it's not about me. It's about the spirit. It's about the place. Yeah. You know, I'm here. Let's have a good time. You know, and sometimes I give off that energy and, and a lot of them want to have a good time. And so I just, they just come to me and say, hey, what are we doing today? It's like, cool, let's party. And isn't that nice that it doesn't have to be so negative? Because I think so many people think it has to be terrifying. You have to be in utter fear. It's all about being miserable and terrified and, oh, this ghost followed me home and now I'm sick. And there are stories like that, certainly, and you do have to protect yourself before you yeah. investigate, certainly. But every experience doesn't have to be, oh, my God, it was so terrible and I felt sick. You know, sometimes it's just fun. Yeah. I mean, I've I've put myself in a dangerous situation. I've had it all happen to me. I've been punched in the face by a spirit. I have been kicked. I have been scratched. I have been bitten. Uh, all the fun stuff. You know, and I, I do have to admit that some of that stuff that happened, I egged it on. So for those listeners out there, don't go out there copying what they see on the TV you know, I've done 10 million right. TV shows, and it's not and real investigative work. And hanging out with spirits is not like that. You can't go to a house and get rid of the ghosts in, in two days and go, all right, we showed up and got rid of it. We're out of here. No. In, yeah. some, in, in, in extreme hauntings, and I'm one of, the, one of the top three, apparently, in California of extreme haunting. And it takes years sometimes. If someone's had an, an uh an attachment for 13 years, sometimes it's going to take months, years even, to even break yeah. that energy. And you can't go in there and yeah. taunting it. I've done that. I've, I've gone in there and said, you know, you guys are a bunch of big biker spirits picking on a little old lady. Why don't you pick on me? I'm a big biker guy. 
Sure enough, I got punched <laughs> right in the face. Right in the face. And I didn't feel yeah. the punch. I was sitting there, and nothing was happening, so I got up and I went in the living room, and one of the cameramen said, oh, dude, what happened to your face? I'm like, what are you talking about? So I'll go look in the mirror. Go look in the mirror. And sure enough, I could feel the fat lip growing on my face, rubbing against my teeth. And I looked in the mirror, and my face was all red and white, like it just got socked in the face. It wasn't a physical punch, but the energy from the punch affected my bodily energy, which created the swelling, just like I got punched. So I learned not yeah. to go in there and talk to me. What I do now is I go in there and I crack a bunch of jokes, and I get real silly, and a lot of the spirits love it. They just love the energy, and they think it's funny. But you get these ghosts that just have no sense of humor or they're lower-level demonics that just have no patience and think that I'm a jerk, and they just, like, get all mad and stuff. But they haven't done anything to me. They just start talking crap. Yeah, I come to party. If you don't like it, dude, you guys got to get out. You you, you know sense of humor, people? Got to go. Right, right. And I think it's a fine line, and I think as you become – a seasoned investigator, you learn where that fine line is, right? The fine line between being firm and protecting yourself and being an antagonizer, and then you're going to wind up punched in the face or, um, you know, and sometimes you don't even antagonize. I got punched in the sternum in Texas, and I wasn't even – I just think they basically just knew that I was there and I could see them, and somebody got a little upset and uh, decided to punch me right in the sternum, which is, you know, if you've ever been punched in the sternum, it's no fun. But, um, you know, you, you, you learn how to protect yourself more and more the more you do the work. And that's why it's important, I think, that folks like you and me share our stories so that people understand um, that it is something that happens and there are ways to protect yourself. You don't have to be oppressed by it for life. You can get away from it. You can live beyond it. You can learn to have a sense of humor about it. Like all that stuff is so important. Yeah, and I think it is real important because once, you know, if someone's been terrified for a long time, and I get it, you don't know what it is, you don't know what's going on, and you're just living in this fear, and that's what they do. They just live off your fear. Well, once you learn to deal with that, and I always talk about, you know, before we can get rid of attachment, we have to learn the steps of coexistence. We have to figure out why it's here. We got to figure out what the energy is, you know, because sometimes there's there's a happy medium, and sometimes there's not. Yeah. But we need to see what's going on. And if you're going to live in this environment, because I'm going to go home in a few hours, I'm not going to be here. So you're going to have right. to be here after all this is happening, and it's going to want to know why you did this or blah, blah, blah. So you need to learn the coexistence. And, you know, and that's what it is. And when you start understanding, you start getting comfortable in your own environment again, you're taking back your home, you're taking back your energy. It's becoming weaker because it's not feeding off your fear anymore because you're losing that fear. And then once you start having yeah. a sense of humor about some certain things like that, it just gets mad and it it becomes weaker and it's going to start looking at your neighbors next door or whatever it's going to move on to next, you know? Exactly. Yes, exactly. That's what I had a medium tell me once a long time ago when I interviewed her. If you really want to get rid of demonic energy, uh, put on a Disney movie and sing the music as loud as you can and dance around your house because that they can't stand, which I find interesting yeah. because – almost like people that are filled with negativity, like narcissists, right? They, they can't handle happiness. Sometimes you can shrivel them up and they go away just by being happy. Yeah, exactly. You just take away all that darkness of, and you just, you're just doing a, 
bunch of white light energy just throwing all this positive at it, and they're just like, oh, dude, what's going on? I've been here for months just living off this, these people's fear, and now they're having a good time? This isn't going to work out. So that's on them. <laughs> exactly. And then they pack up and go like uh... – you know, like at the when when the when the Grinch realized that he couldn't stop Christmas from coming. I mean, that's kind of how they become, right? And I think it's so important that people know that there is life beyond it. That's why you know I teach a workshop called "Are You Haunted?" that I just taught at Parapod, and it's it's really sort of for folks that have had any kind of an experience to know how to deal with it, to know they'll forever be different, because once you've seen one, you can see more than one. And also to know that you can have a perfectly normal, balanced, happy life and have this paranormal aspect to you and it, or psychic or spiritual or, or ufology or whatever it is, and you don't have to live the rest of your life in misery. Because I think a lot of the things that we see on TV um, or movies is often the very extreme cases where people's lives have really been turned upside down. And that doesn't happen to everybody, and everybody doesn't have to live out their life in unhappiness. You know, everybody doesn't have to run out of their house to get away from it. Although honestly, as a kid, we ran out of the house to get away from it, but that doesn't mean that that's everybody's story, right? Yeah. Uh, well, sometimes you got to take yourself out of the environment. I get it. You know, especially when you're young and you're dealing with all this stuff and it's just becoming intense, you got to get away from it. Let, let the thing mellow out, do whatever it's got to do. But you know, when you, when you, when it's your place and it's your time, you have the right to take your life back because it's your life. It's not theirs. There's, they had their chance. So if they're going to hang out with in your life, they need to bring a good attitude. I have spirits around me all the time and they're all pretty cool. So like, Hey, well, what's up? You know, uh, one of the, yeah. one of the people I, I do a lot of work with, I think, you know, is uh Patty Negri and she's sure, on my yeah. team and I'll, I'll go in there and I'll do my thing and she'll just hang out and watch me. And then she just starts cracking up and I'm like, what? So, so there's three spirits in this room, and two of them are just loving it. They are laughing so hard at you. But there's this one, he is just getting so mad. And I'm like, yeah, he's got to go. He's not invited to this party. <laughs> you know, blah, blah. Right. We just start taking away that energy. And all of a sudden, they're, we're hanging out. We're doing the spirit box sessions, and we're having a great conversation with the two positive spirits. And the negative one is just in the corner sulking. It's like, forget you, dude. Yeah, exactly. Well, and that's, that's the way that you ultimately, like even if it's in human form, right, that's the way that you beat negativity. It's not that you, you go down to its level, but you raise your positivity. And as you raise the positivity, the negativity can't live in that same spot. And it eventually shrivels up and goes away. But I think people think you have to sort of lower it to its level, right? You have to get scared or sad or angry or miserable and, you know, uh, but that, it just feeds on that. The more negativity it can get, the more it gobbles up like it's like you're like free cheeseburgers. Exactly. And that's why they do it. They want you to be miserable because your misery, you excrete these negative negatively charged ions. And, I, and I'm a science guy, so I'm always talking about science and the paranormal and stuff, positively charged ions, negatively charged ions. Negatively charged ions are thicker. They're on a lower vibration. Uh, these things feed off it. They gather it. It gives them strength, and they love it when you're happy or when you're miserable because if you're happy, you're not giving off the food they need. They're not getting their nourishment. 
You know, and that's why they yeah. do weird things to try to freak you out. But then I come in, and I'm like, oh, there's moving, they're moving stuff across the room. That's fine. Just have them, like, move the furniture around or, or whatever. I go to these places, and the water's getting turned on and stuff, and the people are freaking out. I'm like, yeah, don't freak out about the water getting turned off. Just get mad that they're not paying the bill. You know, why don't you tell them they, if they're going to do this stuff, if you're going to turn the sink exactly. on, you might as well do the dishes. Exactly. If you're going to leave all the lights on in this house, you're going to get a part-time job. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm the guy paying the bill, not you, so turn this off, you know. And sometimes they get yeah. tired of dealing with it and they stop doing it. It's interesting that you say that because I, I live on a Native American burial ground, and I know a lot of us do, but I do. And um, so I'm living in the house that not, – not the house, not the awful house in Baltimore, but this house was very active. And I think my father, being very negative and being what we would now diagnose as very on the spectrum, back then we just called it being an engineer. And my mom being, you know, very psychic and like a lighthouse beacon um, – Plus me being young, I think everywhere we live, there's a certain amount of activity, and this place was no exception. When I moved back to this place, I was like, look, it's just me and the cat. I don't want to be spooked. So I have salt lamps all over this house. Talk about the ions, right? I have salt lamps and selenite wands and, and brooms all over this house. In every room, I've got every four of them. And this house is so mellow from all those salt lamps. The cat is the mellowest cat that ever lived. It's like he's stoned all the time, but not. And um, there are ways to live active place and not have to live in the middle of a celestial shit show. You don't have to let yourself succumb to it. There are ways to protect your home. I, Patty's home is a great example, right? There's so much activity in that house, but she knows how to ward it so that you're safe there. And it's, you know, the idea of there are spirits everywhere, and a lot of us live on burial grounds or on a massive amounts of limestone or all above water, all the other paranormal conductors, right? But you don't have to live yeah. in misery and find a way to make your home a safe space. And part of it is protecting. I don't do spirit boards in this house. I don't do pendulum in this house. I don't do rods in this house. All that stuff lives in the trunk of my car. I do it outside of the house. But I also find ways to balance the energy in here. And I think um, – Sometimes it's just a matter of that, right, or, or changing my own attitude so I don't get angry in this house and I, I try to keep myself as positive as possible. The cat and I stay very zen. I mean, there's things that you can do to keep your own environment balanced so you're not living in this uncomfortableness all the time, right? I mean, what do you do in your own place to, to make sure that you can have a normal, happy life where you're not always being taunted all the time? Well, once again, you know, it's it's your home, it's your place, it's your it's your energy. You know, you you're the one that, that calls the shot. Something can't come into your home and start calling the shot. My house, you know, it's a five bedroom house. It's a one level. I live I, I live at the beach. You know, it's all good. It's not it's not a super big house, um, but there's I have like eight spirits in there. You know, so sometimes it's like. The you know when holiday season comes and you have guests from out of town staying and they're just hanging out there for a while and they just don't go home very, as soon as you want them to. Uh, sometimes yeah. it's like that. You know I've got uh, yeah. my wife has so many spirits that are relatives of hers that come over and I swear you know it's like a party going on. I'm trying to sit in my office and I could 
I hear things and I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, the energy is mixing with me. So I'm seeing stuff and I'm like, Oh my God, you guys, I'm trying to work. What's happening? You know? Um, but for, for me, it's, it's just, it's my house. My energy is going to dominate. I'm going to be in my house and I'm going to be relaxed and I'm going to have a good time. I'm going to play music and we're going to have fun yeah, my house is a very fun place, you know, and, and spirits pop in. I've, I've met my uh, wife's dad one day in the bathroom, which was kind of interesting. Um, so it's like, yeah. uh, I'm busy right now. How about I, I meet you out in the living room in five minutes? You know, it's like, come on. <laughs> you know, and, you know, we hear the footsteps, um, all that stuff. But it, it, we don't let it really get out of control. I'm burning a lot of white candles. I have... Uh, the windows open during the day, so a lot of uh, natural light comes in. Uh, I just don't let the energy become dark. It's not a it's not a dark place. So something that wants to be living there that's dark isn't going to be comfortable. You know, I'm burning sandalwood. Right. I'm burning Palo Santo in my office. I do. I teach for the University of Magicus, the online university. Me and me and Patty do all this stuff for that. She's one of the owners, actually. Yeah. And. Um, I'm in this office and I'm doing my, my podcast, my, my darkest hour podcast from there. And I'm doing the online classes and I'm teaching about using energy and these different techniques. So there's, there's spirits coming in my office as I'm doing this, but I'm also containing the energy as well. You know, I've got the sandalwood going, I've got the Palo Santo, I've got my candles burning. Uh, I've got um, a couple of selective haunted dolls that I keep in that office with me that are super awesome. One is, she is so sweet, and she just gets so excited when I'm doing the podcast and stuff, and she gets to be my co-host. I brought her in as my oh. co-host, and I put the, my, my meters around her. And when she gets excited, all the meters light up, and people can see it right behind me. like, oh, my God, she's lighting everything up. I'm like, yeah, she's totally stoked right now. She's having a good time. And it, and it helps. Awesome. I got these spirits in there that are keeping an eye on everything, too, and having a good time. So all the bad stuff's got to go. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, well, and I think that too, right? The, the Even the dolls are reflective of the environment. Their energy can change dependent upon what the energy is in the house. Something can even be negative, not darkness negative, but, but unhappy negative. And it can turn to yeah. more positive depending on what environment. If you can adopt a dog that's been abused and the dog comes to your house to live and suddenly gets happy for the first time. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's just it's just all about the environment. You know, you 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 go to where you're most comfortable. I'm comfortable in that environment. My haunted dolls, the family members. You know, my mom comes and visits a lot. It's it's just cool, relaxing. I do have the one spirit who's turning the water on in the kitchen sometimes, and I deal with that. You know, it's it's kind of funny. It's it's just whatever. It messes with my daughter a lot. It's when she's doing stuff, it turns the water on, and she gets all mad at it. And I'm like, don't get mm. mad at it. Just tell it to leave you alone. You know, it's, you know, it could be, could be anything. It's, it's nothing really bad. I mean, we're not like um, dishes aren't flying off the shelves or shot glasses are being thrown at me. And I've had that happen. I've had things thrown at me before. I got oh, to no, fight with a like ghost. The house yes. Yeah. There's a place, there's a place in San Pedro that's real famous for the San Pedro haunting of the Jack Garnettis case. Oh. And I went there. They were sure. filming some kind of document, documentary there, and um, I got called in by HBO to be a, a 
you know, just be an advisor, a consultant and stuff. And they're like, they took a break between filming some seance and anything. I'm like, all right. Uh, where's the activity? A lot of this stuff comes out of the closet. So, of course, there's me. It's like, hey, closet, I'm coming in. Let's do this. You know, what's going on in here? What are you guys doing here? Why are you hanging out in the closet? <laughs> you know, and this thing was, like, getting all mad at me. And it, I didn't know it because I couldn't see it. But there's a uh, – my the spirit photographer, Kara Mead, was behind me, and she's taking all these pictures. Like, oh, my God, it's huge. And it was way bigger than me. And I'm like, oh, cool. Hey, what are you doing? You know, get out of here. Come on. Leave this lady alone. Why, there's a beach down the street. Why don't you go over there? And it started hucking shoes at me. It's all of a sudden I'm getting hit in the leg with 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 high heel shoes and stuff, and it's like landing in me. And I'm all, really? You're gonna throw shoes at me right now in the closet? Come on! You know, it's just <laughs> it's just me egging it on and just making fun of it and going, dude, really? Can't we just like get along? You can throw high heels at me. But it was just hilarious, you know. But those things happen. You know, you got to try to change that environment. You got to get that one guy out of the closet and see what his issue is. Yeah, I agree, a hundred percent. Yeah, and 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 you have to talk to them and find out what it is that they want. That's a that was a particularly nasty haunting. I knew there was a new movie coming out. So I've got Barry Conrad coming on my show in a couple of weeks, and so I've known him for a long time. I know he was part of that original team. I think there's oh, he told there. me. I see. I see Barry like every other week. We're really good friends. I'm oh, actually wonderful. I'm actually one of the investigators on the, uh, his girlfriend's case. I've been on that since like 2015. Oh wow. Okay. Yeah, I think he's. Yeah. I think he's terrific. Um, you know, growing up at the beach. So I live. I grew up in Huntington Beach, and that's where I live now. So we're both beach people. Um, I think there's something incredibly haunted about cities anyhow as a matter of fact i've lived here my family's lived here since 1980 and i just found out a couple of weeks ago that they call huntington beach hauntington beach which i think is hysterical because when i was a kid we thought like just people we knew were the only haunted ones turns out the whole damn town's haunted but it's the water right and i think when you go to san pedro there's almost kind of like an, an oppressive paranormal energy there um because there is so much water and the, the depth of the harbor when they dug the harbor out it's such deep water there and um so much energy comes in and out of that harbor i mean i think that there that's a very haunted place so it it doesn't surprise me i am surprised that the location is still haunted because i always thought that that haunting was more attached to her than it was attached to the place does that make sense what did you find when you got there well this is after jackie already moved so I'm go, I'm coming back and there there's some the new the next owner had something going on there and they they brought me in to to be part of it and check it out. Um, there were some strange things, definitely strange thing. One of the bedrooms I got, um, you know, we all get these pictures of these orbs, but when it's solid and and, and giving off its own uh, light, uh, it's more of a light anomaly, and this thing looked like the sun. It was like around three feet round. It looked like the sun. And I caught it on my camera. And I'm like, oh, wow, what a big energy ball. You know, it was it was pretty intense. Uh, and I'm hearing these stories about things that are going on there. Um, this lady's waking up in the middle of the night. Uh, she, she sees a like a, an old lady sitting at the edge of her, of her bed praying the rosary and all that stuff, you know. And it, and it sounds pretty scary, but... Um, 
I told her, you know, what are you, what's, what's the lady saying when she's praying? You know, is she, is she praying for you? Is she trying to protect you from something? You know, it might not be something that's so scary. Um, but once again, with that area right there, it's a, it was a big uh, military housing area. There was a lot of people that are from offshore that were staying in there. Um, people coming in from the oceans. I mean, it's a, it's a big shipping port out there. It's massive. So yeah. a lot of yeah. that energy is going to be there. And whoever lived in those houses before that, because some of these houses are pretty old, you know, and yeah. they've got these sailors that are still attached to them. They're hanging out there doing their thing. In Jackie's case, she saw um, an old man sitting in the kitchen and stuff, and he, he was wearing, like, period clothing like that. Uh, when when all that stuff happened, they were able to pick up on some of those energies, and it was older energies that were kind of yeah. trying to be possessive of the house. The thing up in the attic was, was very possessive of the house. Oh, yeah, that thing in the attic. And sometimes, right, it becomes a perfect storm. Sometimes it's your energy meets the house's energy, meets whatever activities in the house, thing that either attaches to you in the house or sometimes you bring your own attachment into the house and then it's your attachment and the stuff in the house together. I mean, there's so many different things that make up a haunting, right? It's, um, it's enough to make your head spin when you think about how many different energies. It's like when you make, um, you know, spaghetti sauce. How many ingredients are you putting in there? It's kind of the perfect sauce of paranormal sometimes. Absolutely. It's, that's a good, that's a good uh, example because you're putting all these different things in there and it's creating a certain environment. So you got to be really careful. And you have to make that environment your environment. It has to be seasoned to your taste, not the spirit's taste to years. And what's interesting about some of these houses are with these random spirits that are coming in causing issues or they're experiencing stuff. You know, it's not about me coming into the house. It's about me coming in. And when you're a paranormal investigator, there's a couple of things going on. You're coming to investigate the house because the client has reached out to you or whatever, and they're asking for your help, your advice, your guidance. At the same time, there is a spirit there or multiple spirits, who knows? And you need to find out what their needs are. So you're doing counseling for on both sides of a coin. You know, and when yeah. I find out what the spirit needs, um, I'm all about honoring the spirit. If it's a good spirit and it has the right to be there or be memorialized, I'm all about, you know, because sometimes that makes that, that, that tension go away. Sometimes they just want to be recognized and remembered. And that's what we yeah. do. We we'll say, oh, my God, that's you. You're, the, you're this person in this picture over here. I'm, oh, my God, you look so cool. You know, uh, whether it's a, a lady or whatever, I always point out about their things. But is this you in this picture? Oh, my God, that dress is so amazing. You look so beautiful. And they want to hear that. They want to go, oh, wow, this person gets it. I'm not a bad person. I just wanted to be remembered, you know. So we're going to put this picture over here. We're going to put the flowers over here, you know, blah, blah, blah. We just want them to be remembered. And sometimes that, that nullifies some of the energy. They're not reaching out and trying to freak out on you. They're like, cool, somebody remembers me now. I, I, I'm okay again, you know. What, whatever it is, I like to let the, the win-win situation for everything because there has to be that happy medium. Absolutely. Yeah. 
Yeah, what do you tell people? I mean, we talk a lot about, and I'll ask you this at too, what we do to protect ourselves before we go into a location and after we leave that location. But also because you're in a lot of places, Stephen, that are some of them are like homes. What do you tell people who live in a house um, to help change their environment so it, 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 you know, turns a frown upside down paranormally? Well, exactly what I was saying before, like I do to my house. Uh, I like to open the windows, let the light in, the natural light, sunlight's huge for the environment. You guys go to these places, and these people are just so enclosed, and all the windows are shut, the curtains are shut, everything's like uh, just real stifling. It's like, wow, how can you just cover yourself up and and not let the rest of the world in? You know, you want that natural sunlight. You want to burn some uh, white light, some candles. Um, I use a lot of sandalwood. Sandalwood is more of a, new, a neutralizing element. It, mm-hmm. it, it neutralizes the room so things can't get over out of control. And, you, know, you don't want to get uh, – you, a lot of people come in there and they try to start – they'll start – and I see this with a lot of amateur investigators, you know, and they'll just come in and they're like, oh, something's going on. Break out the white sage. We're going to white sage everything. You know, it's like, well, hold on now. <laughs> hold on, white sage is real extreme, you know. Regular sage is, is all right in a little bit, but you can't just go in there and start with white sage because what you're doing is you're taking the biggest bottle of bleach that you have and you're wiping everything down with bleach. We don't want to kick grandma out of the house. We don't want, you know, uh, Uncle Uncle Steve, who's passed away six years ago, he comes to visit us during Christmas. We don't want to kick all those people out. We want our family and friends to come visit us. But, you know, uh, for protection, it's really about the person who lives there because whatever their denomination is, some people are religious, some people are not religious. You know, you can go yeah. from anything that they put their faith and belief in because that automatically – and those sounds, like, those sounds like just empty words like faith and belief. Like what does that mean? No, that means you are putting your energy, your thought patterns, and that's what it is. Our brain's going crazy. We're thinking stuff, and we're saying stuff, and it's going out into the world. You know, we're creating these, these thought forms. So whatever it is you believe works best for you, uh, whether it's a, a, a rosary, whether it's a crucifix, whether it's uh, some kind of St. Michael coin or, or St. Christopher coin, um, mm-hmm. if it's something like you want to wear – that's uh, a different not religious nom- denomination. It's all about you. I've seen people use old school lucky rabbit's feet, and that gives them comfort and stability. If that's working that's for a- you, then utilize it. A four-leaf clover, whatever it is, you, uh, um, a, a lucky scarf, whatever it is that makes you feel, that gives you the empowerment that you're projecting off yourself, that's going to help you protect yourself. Uh, I I do I, yes. I do some smudging before I go into a place, uh, depending on what I'm getting ready for. Um, if I'm going on a, a demonic case that I know is pretty intense, I have a whole ritual that I will practice for a few days before I go to this environment just to protect myself. And and you know and I'm overdoing it a lot sometimes because I don't know what to expect, and I don't want to get hurt, and I don't want the people that are with me to get hurt, so I'll overdo it. And then when I leave, I'm like, oh, that wasn't so bad, you know. Uh, that's fine. 
But I, whatever it is, if you want to smudge, you want to use holy water. Sometimes if I'm going to a place, I'll just take a handful of holy water and I'll wash it. I'll wipe it on my face and on my arms and stuff. Just kind of give me that extra um, daily, just just so they're not thinking, oh, I'm going to touch this guy and do this to that guy or do that. You know, when they when they when their belief system sees that what we're using is working, they're not going to start trying to mess with you. Uh, a demonic is not going to start trying to mess with you when you've got, like, holy water on your stuff. They don't want to deal with that stuff. True. And, and especially when you're protecting other people, right? When you're the one that's sort of, yeah. quote, unquote, in the know, it's so important that you do the extra protection to protect people. And even when people just ask me to come into their investigation as a psychic medium, I always make sure that I'm extra protected because the last thing you want to do is walk into somebody else's thing and then you're not protected enough and chaos ensues. You know, you kind of have to play your part and uh, and do your part. And part of doing your part is to show up protected. Yeah, exactly. And then if it works for you and they're asking questions about it, you just tell them what you did. You know, maybe that'll, they'll inc- include that into whatever they're doing, you know. It just, it's just tailored to everyone's uh, emotional belief system. And the, because when they're feeling and they feel secure, that energy is going to come off them. Your body's going to start giving off those uh, unprotected pheromones and, the, and the, all the bad stuff's going to be like, ah, that person's all good right now. We'll have to come back later when they're hopefully they're not, you know, they're not on top of their game. Yes. Yes. A hundred percent. Absolutely. Yeah. And I, and I just say, I mean, I, I wear um, protective gold charms over my solar plexus chakra like, all the time. I, I shower with them, I swim with them, or I machine and they make me. Because growing up in that house where I felt so unsafe and I felt like things were coming at me all the time, I don't want to feel like that all the time. I want to be protected in my daily life. I think sometimes people get so excited by the thrill and the excitement of going into a haunted location, encountering something spooky or scary, that they think they want to have that experience 24-7. But you need to get away from that because inadvertently it's draining you, right? And so you need to have some time when you're not having that experience and you can just rebuild up your energy because um, desperate spirits, negative spirits, sad spirits, lonely spirits, they're like constantly trying to save the drowning man, right? And you can be very, um, you can get, your chi can get depleted. And it's important you find a way to keep it back up so you have your energy back up to do the next one. Absolutely. That's why I always recommend uh, people who are listening, who are going out and doing ghost uh, investigations, in, besides your toolbox, and, you know, make sure you got your first aid kit, make sure you have a, a, a little cooler with some waters in it, you know, get the yeah. power bars, whatever, because you're going to these environments. And once again, we're, we got a transference of ions happening here. If you're you're in there, because these are electrical beings, they're made of energy. We are made of water. Right. So the entire time we're putting ourselves in that environment, it's draining us. How many times are we leaving investigations and we get on and we're just so tired? You know, it's because all the energy was given up to this, this environment in the place, you know. You really need to protect yeah. yourself and ground yourself and make sure that you're okay. Before you go into an investigation, um, take a second and, and take a note of how you feel. How am I feeling right now? Do I feel okay? Do I feel tired? Does my back hurt? I'm getting a headache. How's my stomach? Did I eat enough before I came here? You know, you don't want to overeat because uh, your stomach will growl and people think it's a demon, and uh, you know you don't want that, which, which I've done before. 
I did that before. I was at the Washoe Club in Virginia City, and, and uh, me and my wife, it was late, and we wanted to get something good to eat, so I got this big barbecue rib dinner, and I'm like, yeah, I'm so charged up. So we're in the Washoe Club, and everyone's doing EVP work, and we're all sitting there. And I'm like, okay, I'm just going to walk around. So I'm doing my own thing. I'm standing by this uh, corner. And all of a sudden, my stomach goes, and everyone's like, oh, my God. Did you hear that? I'm like, "Uh, yeah, that must have came up from over here. Uh, I mean, uh," and then it's all, what was that? Oh, my God, it sounds so demonic. And I'm like, hold on. That's my stomach. And it's not a demon. <laughs> it's just a bunch of ribs being digested. You know, so you got to oh really uh, don't oh, don't overdo it because that'll happen. <laughs> I thought right. they were going to start throwing holy water at me. And, and what do you think about that? Because I talk about this on a lot of shows, about people who endlessly want to try to see demons. Because, I mean, I'm of the theory, and maybe because I grew up in, in that house, that I, I don't think we need to actually see a demon. First of all, demons are a lot rarer than you think. And secondly, do you really want to encounter a demon? Because I think most people should be able to go their whole lives without having that happen. You know, hopefully that is the case, that they don't have to experience them. You know, but a demon is such a, a generic plain rap term. You know, there's there's thousands of thousands of different things out there that people consider demons. I've I've been in my 30 years I've encountered two, and the one that I saw uh, and experienced, it had no interest in me whatsoever. It had yeah. no interest in anything around it. It was cruising through. And uh, it was just on its way to go do whatever, because a lot of these demons that people are encountering and experiencing and smelling are, are things called knowledge demons. And they're, they're there on a mission to gain information and whatever it is they're doing. It's like, okay, I saw it, and it was see-through. And the way I can describe it is if anyone's seen the movie Predator, and mm-hmm. when the Predator goes invisible, you see that whole, like, you see it through, it's invisible, but you can see the movement of it. It's all like, like a mirage. I saw this thing, and it was big. It was real big. And it looked like, and this is, people crack up when I say this. For, the, for those of you who are old enough to remember McDonaldland's characters, um, yes. this thing looked like, it looked like Grimace. It was a big gelatinous thing, and it was like, you know, nine feet tall, and it was huge. You know, it was just cruising right in front of me and and my my tech manager at this mausoleum in Hollywood. I'm like, holy crap! And it smelled so bad. You, it was a, and it had like a heat to it, like a warmth. The smell had a warmth to it. It was just putrid. You know, and it just like cross in front of us and kept going away from us and we're like holy crap let's let let's let that thing go do its thing let's not mess with that guy but it had it didn't have any interest in it. it wasn't trying to swallow my soul it wasn't doing anything like we see in the movies it was doing its thing you know and that once again you know these kind of things are very very rare i just happened to be lucky in this one environment that it was cruising through looking for something so it's like okay yeah and lucky you know, it wasn't and, and, for you. Exactly. 
and, and I had another one that uh, a person was being affected by, and it was pretty gnarly. And I thought I can go in there and teach it a lesson. And yeah, no, I got spanked. Uh, I had these big palms, these big sandalwood palms. And uh, I was hanging out with the, this one friend of mine was a very powerful witch. And she conjured up this thing and contained it in this room. So another friend of mine who happened to be a different kind of witch goes, I'm going to go in there and talk to it. And it's like, dude, be careful. Uh, so we realized about half an hour later that he's missing. We're like, where the hell is he? Oh, my God, he's still in the room. So he's in there. Uh, he is passed out in the middle of the room. He's the, the whitest color pale I've ever seen a human being be. And we're dragging him out of the room, and he is just at, totally passed out, white, covered in sweat. And she just goes into her mode, and I'm thinking, I'm going to back her up. I'm going to take this giant palm, and I'm going to go from corner to corner, or I'm going to seal this room, and blah, blah, blah. I got, from the, I got to the second spot, and this thing, who, which should never go out, you just can't put these things out like that, was totally out. This thing snuffed out this, these incense that I had in a, in a split second. And I'm all, damn, dude. And it was tough. So she did her ritual and banned this, banished this thing, and it, it was gnarly. And it was, like, out in the front of the house, and the trees were shaking all violently. It was it was pretty intense. You know, so I don't recommend, you know, trying to go look for that. I, I do a lot of stuff with the TV shows, and one of the TV shows that I'm on a lot lately, one of the guys just wants to focus on negative and demonic stuff. You know, I'm sure, I'm sure the listeners know what I'm talking about. If they if they if they follow me and know what show I'm on a lot, then they know who I'm talking about. And he's always yeah. looking for dark demonic stuff. And if I go yeah. in and say, "Well, no, dude, it's like this," you know, blah blah blah, and he's like, "Well, that's not what I want to hear. I want the good stuff." It's like, bro, you know, it's we got to deal with reality. Does not go. Nobody should go out looking for the darkest, meanest thing, because. If you go looking for it, you're going to find it, and it's going to catch you off guard, and it's going to spank you. Right. Then you wind up having things, bad things happen in your life because things, that kind of negativity can wear you down. It can eat your life. You, you have to be careful. And if you're always looking for it and doing things where you're not protected, right, like I'm going to go to this place that's notoriously negatively haunted, and I'm going to lay in the middle of the pentagram and ask someone to possess me. It's like, well, um, oh. okay, and then and then yeah. you wonder why you develop a problem. It's like this is this happens, you know. People that live in demonic yeah. areas. When we lived in that house in Baltimore, my family and I, we were sick all the time with like the weirdest stuff. Like something ate my father's eardrum, like, and he had to have it replaced. Like weird stuff Whoa. happened. You don't want that. I mean, you don't. Nobody wants to live their life in that kind of chaos all the time. So when you're an investigator, you got to be careful going in and asking for things. And then if you don't protect yourself, you don't just have to protect yourself on the way in, right? Um, Stephen, you have to protect yourself on the way out too, because then you bring something yeah. home. Yeah. You have to set those ground rules when you get there and when you leave. You know, if you're having a good time with the spirit, you know, let them know that you're going to come back. You're going to come visit them. I, I, I do that all the time. I'm doing all these uh, paranormal events, and I'm I'm doing them, speaking at all these things, and I'm at these ghost towns a lot. And I always talk about it. How I'm very popular in the brothels, well, apparently. Um, 
because I'll That's go right. in there and I'll say hi to them and I and I do stuff with them and it's like and we have a good time we're having a party you know they want that and then I I let them know well I'll be back in October we're gonna do this we're gonna do that you know and then when I do show up like we'll be heading in there and like all the psychics are like oh my God they're so excited you're here they're calling you by name they're saying hurry up hurry up and I'm like hold on ladies here we go party time you know and I try to create that environment I don't want that but I let them know that I'm going to come back and visit because now I'm going back to a, a reoccurring haunted location and I'm not just some investigator coming in and trying to ask a bunch of dumb questions like oh what's your name how long you've been here blah 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 I go in there and I'm like it's your favorite ice cream you guys have ice cream right you know and we it's a, it's a party we're having fun and then every time I come back you know I'm no longer the investigator now I'm their friend and it just right. they get excited, and the the activity I get is incredible. It, it really works out. And they expect ice cream. Yeah, ice cream, whatever they like. You know, if I go into a, a, an old bar, I'll I'll ask about um, whiskey or sarsaparilla or whatever. I just try to put it in their environment. I want them to remember their time. I want them to enjoy the things they used to love. You know, because I do these investigations at these paracons, and there's like 50 people in the same area asking the same questions over and over again to the spirits. And the spirits go through that stuff all the time. Imagine if you were at your home and a different person came in every day and asked you the same questions. It would just drive you nuts. Yeah. Oh, I, yes, and I think about that all the time, and I talk about that on my shows all the time. When did you die? Are you a little girl? How old are you? Oh, my God. Oh my is God. somebody walking? asking me those questions i'd stop answering yeah let's let's not start with when did you die let's not start with the end of their life let's start with the things they love you know uh, if you go to a, a haunted location a historically haunted location like a castle or an old mansion talk about their ha- their their place talk about how beautiful yeah. the carpet is talk about wow the chandelier is amazing when did you guys get that you know talk about things that they might want to talk about and never, never start with the, the depressing stuff. Did you die? I heard somebody shot you in the head. Is that true? Exactly. It's like, dude, are come you on. Dead? Are you angry? Yeah, I know. I know. I know. Yes, I, I totally agree with you. Uh, we're completely out of time, but, man, you're wonderful, and I would love for you to come back and do this with me again. And anything you're involved in, count me in. Your energy, I understand why ghosts follow you around, man, because your energy is fantastic. Awesome. Thank you so much. It's been a, a pleasure of mine. Very excited to be on the show, and your show's awesome, and I appreciate everything you do. My pleasure. Me to you. And what do you have coming up, and what's going on, and where can people find you online, and how can they get in touch? Well, uh, I'm doing a lot of filming right now. I've got a bunch of stuff happening. I've got some more uh, adventures with Ghost Adventures coming up. I have uh, a Paracon happening here in Ventura, California, um, called the Pacific Coast Paracon that me and Patty are putting on out there. It'll be in June 2nd and 3rd, so that's going to be exciting, and we're going to have a lot of fun doing that. Yeah, that's awesome. And uh, and where's the best place to find you online? Um, you can find me on Stefan Brigadi on Instagram, TikTok, Facebook. Uh, you can always find me at the University Magicus. You can find me on my TV show on Paraflix. And um, pretty much everywhere. I'm just all over the place. So hit me up. 
you write me an email if you want at mydarkesthourradio at gmail.com, and I will answer every question. Awesome. Thank you for being here, my friend, and uh, the wonderful Stephen Fergati, everybody. So great to have him here, and what a fantastic guest. If you missed those links, uh, sheenametalspiritual.com, that's the best way to reach me, hauntedplayground.com, and then, of course, the show is at liveparanormal.com and iheartradio.com and all of our affiliates. I'm on social media everywhere, just at sign Sheena Metal. Till I see you next time, seek peace, live in love, lead with kindness, embrace unity, always work to raise your vibration and know that you are loved and you are loved and you are 100% loved by me. And I'll see you next time. It's uh, Haunted Playground right here on Live Paranormal and iHeartRadio.com. And we'll see you next time. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. (gasps) No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.